As we approach the beginning of this new year and celebrate this Christmas, and as I was rereading the gospel according to Matthew and Luke, a kind of typological link came to my heart and mind. We see that Jesus is born in a manger or a stable. This is hotly debated by textual critics, but as a arch-biblical inerrantist and, yes, with a lowercase t, traditionalist, I find that the arguments for the manger stable are quite strong. That Jesus is surrounded by animals. He's placed in a feeding trough for animals. Bethlehem, the house of bread bed, Lechem, is the place where the lambs are prepared. It will later be sacrificed in the temple courts in April, later on in Passover. And what is amazing is Jesus is our food. He's the bread of life. He's the Eucharist who is offered in the feeding trough as our substitutionary atonement. But the typology I found here is here's a wooden structure, we would presume, maybe at the base of the, uh, the traditional cave site, but certainly containing potentially wood. And he is surrounded by animals, and the whole male-female image is presented, obviously in a very different context with Joseph and Mary. And we also see a wooden structure with animals bringing new life to the world with male and female members. And we see this with Noah's Ark. And with the Noah's Ark imagery, what is unique is it is seen as a microcosm of the world at large. It's a kind of new Eden that is surviving the floods of humanity's chaos, the reaping of the ruin that humanity has brought on itself. And yet God, in his divine mercy, has a rescue mission. And the Ark of Noah is often seen as an image of the church as well. And Jesus is the one and only one door into that. And we can theologically discuss uh, what does that mean for those who do not know Christ directly. Obviously, we have a, a very warm and open and understanding of that. But Christ is the door, the way. Now, what's unique about all this in a, a beautiful sense, is if you flip over to the image of the manger, we passionately see that here is the new ark. It is the ark of our salvation. It's an image of the church. And yet, at the same time, where is the flood? And the flood is, of course, we see this with Herod and the massacre of the innocents later on. We see this with Caesar calling for taxes. We see this in the world of spiritual darkness. Ignatius of Antioch, the early church father, mentions all this, where there is a kind of sense of the world immersed in the gravest shadow of sin. It's not a literal flood of water in the sense. It is the sense of humanity being inundated in, yes, original sin. And the antidote here is God not veiled in the weapons of this world, but instead, God, in the words of C.S. Lewis, smuggled behind enemy lines, revealed in littleness and meekness. And as we meditate this Christmas, I guess the, the number one element that should come to my heart and my mind is this idea that we should also enter into Christ's littleness and meekness. That does not mean weakness. 
Christ will later on stand up to the religious elites. He will speak truth to power. He performs exorcisms against the demonic. That is not weakness. That is strength. But meekness in the sense of, this is my body given up for you. This is my blood. Being willing to go to the cross for one's brothers and one's sisters. The wood of the ark and the wood of the manger also reminds me of the wood of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life and the wood of that cross. And the same Jesus, the same lamb, the same substitutionary atonement who goes to those places on our behalf reminds us that we are to lay down our lives for each other. In that sense, Christmas is quite real. It begins with Caesar calling a census for taxation. We see state-sponsored terrorism with Herod. We see, um, obviously, the Magi from afar who are not just uh, involved in spiritual matters. They're also politicians. If you read the, the Persian Babylonian court records in Herodotus, this truly is a living historical narrative. And if you haven't reread Matthew chapters 1 and 2 and read Luke chapters 1 through 3 in a while, I would just encourage you to do it because there is so much here to be glimpsed. Let us not let this Christmas pass us by. Let us not allow our Lord to pass us by. Let us greet him, not just in the stable, but in our neighbor and in the epoch of our present time. May the Lord God bless you and may he keep you. And I look forward to hearing from all of you soon. God bless.